I've always had these guiding values for myself and they've become stronger and stronger as I've gotten older. I knew I wanted to have a lot of freedom. I knew I didn't want to be stressed about money. I knew I wanted to be able to control my own schedule. Life is about exploring. Life is about adventure. Life is about learning. And I just constantly want to grow. It's much less about me having an ultimate destination. I didn't know exactly where I'd end up, but I'd always knew that I would be successful. I don't think you have to follow a certain career path, especially these days. Hone in on really strengthening yourself internally, and that will get you where you need to go. Jackie Snyder has been on an amazing career adventure. After selling Cutco successfully during college, she has explored several different career paths in search of her true calling. These varied experiences have given Jackie a wide range of skills, self-knowledge, and expertise in business. One constant has been her success in everything she's done, including setting records as a college athlete, sales, business development, startup investing, and community leadership. Now it's all coming together for Jackie as she pursues elements of her calling, including coaching entrepreneurs and building a women-focused investor network. Jackie specializes in creating outside-the-box collaboration to fuel the mission of impacting the world through innovation. I know you will enjoy hearing her story and lessons today. This is Jackie Snyder. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm really excited to introduce you today to Jackie Snyder. Uh, Jackie's time with Cutco Vector dates back to 2002 when she started selling Cutco in the San Francisco Bay Area in the North Bay, to be precise, with Kristen Sunday. Shout out to K-Sun. Jackie sold about $183,000 during her college years while going to school at UC Irvine. She graduated from UC Irvine. She also has her MBA from University of Colorado. And uh, what's interesting is that Jackie has worked in a variety of roles over the course of her career. She's been in software sales. She's been in business development, uh, in executive recruiting and consulting. She's done angel investing. And this wide variety of experiences has truly helped Jackie to pinpoint what is her true calling in life. And she's found that in a couple of ways that she's going to describe here today in this conversation. So I'm really excited to have you as a guest. Jackie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Dan. 
Yeah. Good to see you after so long. <laughs> I know. It's been way too long for sure. Tell us a little bit about your personal background and just some things that you feel like relate to your path in life now. Yeah, relating to my path and kind of where I've ended up. I think growing up, I grew up sort of in a pretty low income household most of the time that I was growing up and went through some tough things as a, as a child, just a little bit of unrest in the home and seeing my mother being like such a good mentor, but also just a great mentor to have such a hard worker. She came from nothing as well. Both of my parents came from essentially no money and you know not much monetary support from their family either. And just watching her kind of struggle and work so hard to provide for us, for my sister and I, you know, working 80 hours a week, traveling from Sonoma County to San Francisco, taking the bus every day, not getting home till 8 p.m., 9 p.m. at night, leaving at five in the morning. You know, all of that stuff, I think, taught me a lot about what resilience looks like, but also, mm. also growing up with some of this hardship taught me what I didn't want for my life. And I think, you know, in reflecting on this conversation we're going to have, I think that 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 is a lot of what's led me to make the choices that I've made in in my life and in my career and like what's important to me. And it's also what led me to, I think, become such an achiever at such a young age, you know, just wanting to be able to like provide for myself and not not have to have my mom work harder to try to pay for my college. I just was like, I'm going to pay for my own college. I'm going to be valedictorian. I'm going to be a top swimmer so that I can get a full ride scholarship and not have to be a burden to my mom. I think that was a big driver for me and also probably a driver for why I started working so much, even while I was swimming in college. And, you know, while I was focusing really hard hard on studying in college, wanted to work and make money and just like be very independent from a very young age. But yeah, I grew up with like very large family around, around the Northern California area and had a lot of support, had a lot of community through the swimming community as well. But I think those are, those are probably like the key things about my background that have led me where I am, which we'll yeah. get into, I'm sure. Interesting uh, how much our upbringing has to do with our mindset as adults, what we want, what we don't want. I think a lot of that can be very good. Some of it sometimes isn't good. And it's something I think everybody should really examine in their yep. own life. But uh, you, of course, uh, graduated as a valedictorian at your high school, as you said, scholarship athlete in swimming at UCI. And somewhere along the lines here, uh, you discovered selling Cutco. How did that happen? Yeah, I'm trying to think back. I believe I got a letter in the mail from Kristen Sunday. So got a letter and I don't know why my mom's like, Hey, you got some mail. And when I went back from college, I think is, is when I got it, I believe it would have been mailed to her house. So went back in the summer for, from college. I'm like, I need a job. I need something to make some money while I'm also swimming during the summer and taking a little break from school and just got that letter and was like, went to the meeting. What, what was that called? The the interview, training, the interview. Yeah. <laughs> went to the interview and came back saying, Oh, I think I'm going to do this, this Cutco thing. <laughs> Everyone in my family thought it was crazy. Like, what? You're going to go sell knives in people's homes? Why, why would you do that? <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I'm like, I think I'll be good at this. I, I can see the path to success here. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. What, what were some of the experiences that are most memorable from, from that first summer, especially? I think, you know, the, the most memorable experiences were always 
just the the great relationships I made at Cutco. And I still, you know, it's 20, 20 years later after I started at Cutco. And I still think about it often, still being in touch with you at all this time later. And, you know, having been good friends throughout all this time with like Kristen Sunday, who was my manager and a mentor of mine, she's older. And then several other friends that I'm still close with, or that I've brought into my investor groups later in life. I think that's really the number one thing that comes to mind is meeting and being around other entrepreneurial spirited people mm-hmm. that have this... I don't know if it's that that Cutco ingrained it in us or if it's also that somehow we're just those kind of people that were attracted to that kind of a, a job, but just really focusing on constant self-improvement and learning and growth and knowing that we can kind of like control our own destinies. I think that really that really is loud for me when I think about the past. Yeah. There certainly is some element of an entrepreneurial spirit being Mm -hmm. attracted to the work selling Cutco. But I truly think for for the most part, people develop it while they're selling Cutco. They they develop that entrepreneurial spirit. I don't think I really had that when I first came in. And just the aspect of being paid for my performance was like one of the things that really struck me as like, oh my gosh, that's that's pretty cool. Like I don't have to work for somebody else and have them dictate how much I get paid. Like I can, I can go out and work as hard as I want and do as well as I want and earn more if I want. Like that's pretty awesome. And I think that fosters a lot of that entrepreneurial spirit and a lot of the young people that come into our company. Yeah. And I think the leadership opportunities at a very young age, it's, it's very unique. I mean, I'm really grateful for having that because speaking in front of, you know, when I won summer push periods, cause I mostly just worked during a couple summers when I won summer push periods, speaking in front of thousands of people at age 19 or whatever I was, you know, I think that's a really unique experience and just having, learning those leadership skills, being an assistant manager in the office as well. So those things ring, ring really loud for me, but yes, that entrepreneurial spirit and just having, having that ingrained so early about constantly wanting to learn about yourself and improve and get better. Yeah. What do you feel like are some of the, the standout lessons that you've utilized to this day to succeed? I think one was just how important relationships are for you know your entire kind of career and future and how important it is to build those relationships with people that you trust and you know with your clients and you know the people that you're going to go back to. That was a really important lesson. Also really the the power of your mind and the power of fortitude, you know, just having the fortitude and knowing that Ultimately, you have ultimate control over your your success. And that was really important to learn very young. It's not like I have to wait around, like you said, I have to wait around for raises and have someone else determine my income. It's like, no, I do these steps, I do these things, I do the right motions, I, you know, learn and I focus and I dedicate and I will be successful. It's not rocket science and I will be able to control my own destiny. Yeah. In terms of developing that power, that power of our mind, that fortitude. One of the things I think is great in Cutco is that young people will fail a good amount of the time, right? Like we don't, we won't sell every demo. We won't always have a great experience every day. Won't be good. We won't hit every goal. And that sounds negative, but it's actually positive because we learn from that because that's how life is, right? And you learn a lot about what life is going to be like through this experience where you're having these challenges from time to time and and you learn to hang in there through those challenges and deal with them and that success often lies just past the next challenge. And uh, we, we always have to be 
pressing on and following through if we're going to get to that success. I completely agree. And I think even my mom says to me, one thing I learned from you, Jackie, was that the worst thing that can happen if you ask for something is someone says no. (laughs) So it's like, I think I always had that kind of personality a bit where it's like, you know, just put yourself out there. But also Cutco kind of taught me like, don't be afraid of rejection. Rejection is constant. It's just how you view it. It's like every no, you're closer to your yes and you're closer to your success and your goals. Yeah, exactly. Cool stuff. So you worked several summers while you were at UCI. Obviously, during the school year, you're mostly focused on school and swimming, right? But then you graduated from UCI and you've had this career that I'll say is relatively unusual in that you've gone from different one path to a different path to a different path throughout your career. And one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this was because it actually isn't unusual in that a lot of people have a hard time finding exactly what is their their true calling and that the whole idea of having a diversity of experiences and enjoying the journey is so valuable as just a way of operating, a way of living, and that your path has taken you through different things. So tell us a little bit about the arc of your career and some of the different things that you've done. Yeah, I think, you know, I was one of those people growing up that I never really had one thing that I wanted to do. And I was I was sort of jealous of people like my sister who always knew she wanted to be a doctor, always knew she wanted to be a forensic pathologist from a young age. And I'm like, I had so many interests. So, I mean, it's a good problem, but I had so many interests and also felt like I'd be good at so many things, but I knew I wanted to impact somehow. I wanted to change lives. I wanted to make an impact somehow. And it's interesting kind of the arc of my career because I wouldn't have thought that sales would have gotten me there. Oh, I want to change lives. Let me go do sales. But I think what always, I've always had these guiding, guiding values for myself and, and they've, become stronger and stronger as I've gotten older. But because of my story of, you know, what I shared about the life that I didn't want, in addition to learning wonderful lessons, you know, from my mother, I knew I wanted to have a lot of freedom. I knew I didn't want to be stressed about money. You know, I knew I wanted to be able to control my own schedule. And if I had kids, I wanted to be able to be with them a lot and not have to worry about working so much and being so tired and stressed out. And so that I think my main values have always been freedom, exploration, like you said, like just, I have this personality of just believing that life is about exploring. Life is about adventure. Life is about learning. And I just constantly want to grow. It's much less about me having an ultimate, you know, an ultimate destination or thinking when I'm 60, I'm going to be in this position. I've really never thought that way. I just thought I'm going to do something that fulfills me and I need to make sure You know, if it doesn't fulfill all these boxes, it's fulfilling me enough in one way or another that I can give back in another way. So it's every decision I've made has been, I think I've had a career, a bit of a career path in mind, but it's really around just allowing that freedom for myself, complete control over my own destiny, not needing to rely on other people to control my income or what I end up doing and, and really just learning along the way. I guarantee you a lot of light bulbs just went off and the listeners minds as you talked about life is more about exploration and learning that and enjoying the the journey than a specific destination i just i feel like that philosophy is going to resonate very deeply with a lot of listeners and and they're really going to love hearing about how your story has unfolded and and what where it's brought you today 
was software sales your first stop after college? Well, yeah. So after college and after Vector, I went to ADP, which was at the time like a very... It was a SaaS, a SaaS company and a services company, SaaS software, which was pretty new for the time. But it was you know, a huge company. And I went there with the goal of maybe I'd make a career out of it and go that career path, but really of getting that training and doing all that so that I would be respected later in a lot of other sales positions. So I stayed there for a year and a half, including starting creating a, a pilot position for like a client consultant. I tend to create positions for myself everywhere I go and luckily get supported by the executives or owners of the companies to do so. So did that. And then I went to commercial property and casualty insurance sales. So still in the sales realm until I moved to Colorado. And that was with Brown & Brown, one of the largest brokerage firms in Orange County. And then I went to Colorado. And at that time, I just took a pause and said, I don't think I want to do sales anymore. This isn't fulfilling to me. I just don't feel like I'm getting fulfillment in what I'm doing. And so I took a pause and that was my first start at coaching. I got started my first certification program doing life coaching, but my focus was going to be... I also did a career passion coaching certification program as well. So my focus was going to be on young adults and helping them kind of with their career passion navigation around college age, you know, a little bit after college age. And then the recession hit, the 2008-9 recession around that time. And, and I just was like, okay, I, I don't think this is exactly the, t- the time to be doing this. So I went back and got a, a job in business development, but I was very... In that time when no one was hiring, I was making cold calls to get a job because no one was hiring. Everyone was getting laid off. And I only wanted to work for like companies or nonprofits that I thought would be impactful. So I ended up getting a job at the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce, which is like one of the largest business associations. And that was my path to meeting so many people in Colorado, becoming a community leader, getting on nonprofit boards eventually. I did very well in that role as well until I was hired away to be... Around that time, I also started my MBA program, got my master's in business. And I was with the goal of, I'd like to run like business development and sales strategy next. You know, So be more strategic, not not necessarily do as much of the sales, but you know, have more of a strategic role. And so that's part of why I got my MBA. Plus, I just wanted to keep learning. So I then took a VP of business development role, which was, again, a brand new role in a brand new industry, but still like business development, sales, running everything from marketing, community relations, business development, sales for a small company until for eight years until we got acquired by a large CPA consulting firm. And then in there, I also was working on starting my own business, seeing this need for you know wanting to help startups innovate and seeing this need for all these great ideas that are out there where these founders just have no idea how to sell. So they really can't even get to the point of getting investors a lot of the time because they can't sell what their idea is. They may have a great idea, but they, they're not good at relationships or they're not good at the sales process or they think that they know how to do sales. Everybody thinks... Sales is going to be so easy and it's not. So, yeah, just kind of like I can help these people to get to their next path, you know, whatever that is, getting investors or getting, you know, so many clients so they can get their next round of funding or eventually getting acquired, whatever that may be. So, that's why I started my, my consulting company called Kiku Growth Solutions. So, it's business development consulting, sales consulting. I now also help some companies raise money through, you know, venture capital type of introductions, angel investors, you know, help with some some strategic advising as well and executive recruiting as well. Excellent. Yeah. There's a theme of sales throughout all of these different 
roles. And you spoke about how in consulting a lot of founders that sales was often the stumbling block. My experience in getting to know a lot of people throughout the Silicon Valley here is that there are so many great ideas that are out there. And oftentimes the ideas fail because they don't have the right ability to sell, as you were saying. And I'd love for you to pick up on that a little bit more and just tell me more about why sales is so important to the success of any business and the myriad roles that sales plays in being able to create the results that a a company wants when they're getting started. Yeah. Part of why I'm so thankful that even though it's not what I had envisioned for myself, you know, as a child, but I'm so thankful that I went down the sales path is because even in having my own business, like I know any business I start, I'm way ahead of anyone else because I know how to sell and I know how to like sell myself and sell what I'm doing. If you don't have that, really the business is going to go nowhere. There's no way for anyone to find out about it. There's no way to get investors. Just You can't do anything without sales. And I just, I think that's completely overlooked. And it's something that I try to share a lot and try to like educate people on the importance of sales and also, you know, break down some of the barriers of what people think that salespeople are. Tell me more about some of the misconceptions that people have about sales. Well, I, what's coming to mind for me is that what seems to be the biggest determinant of success in sales is really more your mental fortitude and you know your attitude, like we were speaking about being able to take rejection. I think a lot of it you can train into a person. But in my opinion, there's also just a certain kind of disposition that certain people have. And if you can't handle being told no all the time, or at least train yourself through a lot of hard work to be able to handle rejection and to be able to say, yeah, that today was a horrible day. I just, depending on what you're doing in sales, you could be getting hung up on, you could be getting the door slammed in your face, or it could be much more polite depending on the kind of sales you're in, but you're constantly getting, you know, rejected. You're constantly getting no's. And so being able to keep a really strong sense of self and keep your own self-esteem high maintaining your humility and not getting caught up in just the looks of sales and all just like all the competitions of who's the best. I mean, I'm more about personal growth. So I think that that's really important or else you're not going to be able to succeed. And that's something that many people don't realize. And so much of sales training is the nuts and bolts. It's the words and the, and the demeanor and the scripts and these sorts of things where People are watching other successful salespeople and emulating some of the things that they do, but it, that omits this element of mental toughness that is such a key part of mm-hmm. selling. And I, I always was so happy that at, at Vector here, we've always taught people the mental side of the game as well as the skills of selling. It's such a key part of being able to succeed. Yeah. And I was going to say earlier when you're asking about something else with Cutco, that that was definitely a big lesson. It was like just maintaining that positive outlook and knowing that you can you can get through it, you know, and just kind of working yourself through those really hard days, which there are many, and just saying, you know what, it's it's going to be on the other side. Let me just keep ticking away at the numbers and just doing what I need to do. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. So all of these experiences that you've had as you've gone through these different roles, they've really helped you in a variety of ways. You've been able to gain a diversity of skills. You've been able to learn about your strengths and find out really what are your key strengths. And also you've discovered some of the things you're most passionate 
about in life. And all in all, I feel like you having gone through this path has been crucial for you to truly find what it is you're called to now. And I'd love for you to speak into, you know, the the role you're playing now, what you're most excited about both now and into the future. Yeah, this is a big one. So let's see how well I can put it together because it's it's been a, quite a metamorphosis, especially, you know, the last year or two and in coming to, you know, where my greatest purpose is and and how I can be of service and and try to put all that together. You know, my whole career has been even when I was in, in sales, it's like, okay, if I'm not doing something that's good for the world with this sales, I at least want to be able to be on boards and give back and help raise money for like charities that I'm that I'm really interested in. And now it's it's more I want my work to be more directly impacting on a daily basis rather than it being, okay, I do my work and that's great and I'm learning and I'm growing, but then I'm giving back in other ways. So it's been an interesting year to making this sort of shift from what I was doing, which was mostly the the consulting and executive recruiting and advising for typically startups, you know, high growth companies, helping them to grow their sales and, and do strategy and then get the right people in place. And I still do that. But I've been, I just felt really called about a year ago, getting back into coaching was always on my mind. You know, I always thought, eventually, I'm going to come back to this, I'll do another program. I will start doing some form of coaching again, probably some form of executive coaching later. And now that I have, you know, 20 plus years of experience, it's that's more relevant. And I feel like I have a lot that I can, you know, give and share. And so, yeah, I just had this calling to just kind of kept having like synergies and, you know, sort of messages that it was time to go to go back. And then I had, I was listening to a lot of Jay Shetty. I don't know if you know Jay Shetty Mm -hmm. podcast, but listening to a lot of Jay Shetty. And then I started getting information about his coaching certification program. And I looked at a few different coaching certification programs and decided to go with that one. Just again, it felt like intuitively right for where I was and, and did that program. It was yeah late last year, late 2022. And then really just started focusing on rebuilding my coaching business. And to, you know, to our earlier conversation about not focusing on a specific destination but really just focusing on the growth and the path and and the process. I just thought I'm called to do this. I don't even have a specific goal of like how much I'm going to coach, what I'm going to make doing this. I'm just, I just want to learn this, see where I come out on the other end. And I was very, very motivated from that program because I met a lot of great people from all over the world, all in it for the right reasons, you know, wanting to make change and have a ripple effect and, you know, affect people kind of one life at a time and eventually even more through like group scaling programs and things like that. So my niche in coaching is now working mostly with women, women entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs. It can also be salespeople. It really doesn't matter, but that just tends to be entrepreneurs, executives, and aspiring entrepreneurs tend to be who's drawn to me. And so that's sort of the niche that I'm stating, but really, you know, I can coach anyone who just has certain personal goals or work goals, they're launching a business or they're, you know, just running into roadblocks and helping them to reach their highest self, kind of come to their own answers. In this coaching program, it's not advising, it's helping people to reach their own answers through like a lot of different methodologies and tools and being a space that's of complete like non-projection, non-judgment, completely objective, like a clear slate for them to reflect to. 
that's really more what it is. I think a lot of people use the word coaching that means something different, but this is actually getting kind of through an intuitive process, often getting people to their own answers and knowing that they have those answers within them. Sometimes that does cross over with advising, but that's a different thing. So yeah, I've been building building that business and and really enjoying that. And also really focusing on my consulting side, focusing on growing a group called She's Independent Investments. So I'm running partnerships and business development for that. And a friend of mine, Natalie, actually started She's Independent originally as a passion project to you know help women, help to be a community for women after her mother committed suicide. Several years ago, she moved from the Bay Area to Colorado. That's how I met her about maybe five years ago and when this all got started. And then it started morphing into where we felt we could make the most direct impact based on what people wanted from her, which was help investing in startups. And she had a lot of success with that, you know, with investing in early stage companies. And she had a background in like Wall Street and then advising for a lot of startups and working with startups and investing with them. So, so we decided to focus the group mostly on being a community where women can have, can, it's like a women first community where we can learn along the way through experiential learning and sort of empowered action while also having the opportunity to pool our resources together, syndicate deals. So, so you can in, invest just like a small amount in lots of different startups, but really giving us the opportunity to get more confident in what we're looking at. Like, what do we look at for deals? What's our due diligence process? We screen founders all the time of startups, right? We let everyone be in the group, be a part of the whole process. So it's pretty unique because we want to not only be a way that people can invest, but also empower women and strengthen women and strengthen community. So we just started this about a year, the the investments part about a year and a half ago, and we have over a hundred investor members. We also have a path Anything I've ever done, I was, I started my own investor group as well that was more real estate focused. But anything I've ever done is always with the the focus on creating a path for others to do something similar to what I was fortunate enough to do, or maybe even beyond that, getting their feet wet, getting experience in investing, gaining confidence. So we also have a path for non-accredited investors because you have to be accredited to invest in these deals. So for non-accredited investors or for women who don't have the capital to deploy yet, just to start learning about the process and be involved in our community and our network. And that's called an observer membership. So we have like, basically, it's like a multifaceted, very mission-driven organization that's just picking up a ton. And all we've done is really just organic kind of by referral stuff so far. And I'm starting our, our sponsorship and partnerships so we can become more sustainable. But the ultimate goal is to get more more women in leadership positions, more women as owners of these early stage companies, because usually can't even see these opportunities. You know, it's like always the same looking kind of people that get these opportunities, right? And so we're trying to diversify who's in the boardroom, who's owning these companies, who has decision-making power. Because once we're investors, we do have a say. And then we also have a say in, okay, we'd like You'd have more women on your advisory board. We'd like you to have more people of color on your advisory board. Here's why diversity is important. Companies do much better when you have more diversity on your team. It's not just for fun. You know, it's actually like proven in many ways that companies perform better with more diversity on like the leadership team and on the team. And right now, only 2% of venture funding goes to women founded companies. Mm. So it's, it's pretty bad. So that's kind of our the main gap we're trying to to change is that plus the ownership gap 
and I, I don't have the exact statistics, but not very many women own much of, of these companies either. Yeah. So she's independent. This is a part of your mission and calling now, kind of the second part that you described. This mm-hmm. is a group of women who are learning how to vet investment opportunities in startups. And you have people who are seeking out the opportunities, who are figuring out which ones you guys want to pursue most, teaching people about what are the criteria you look at to help women get involved in startup investing, angel investing. And it can be at a variety of increments because these are in partnerships. So somebody doesn't have to have 100000 or $200,000 to put down or more yeah. all at once. And uh, it's giving people a chance to also influence the ownership of these startups to be able to have more women involved in leadership, to have more women on boards, giving more women a chance to have board experience. And as you mentioned, have this path for people, which is the observer membership, where if somebody doesn't have money to invest right now, but they want to learn, they have a chance to sort of be a fly on the wall in your organization and learn the things that are necessary to be able to ultimately get into these types of investments down the road. Pretty cool. Network yeah. as well, because for some, they're entry level kind of angel investors, but for some, we have very experienced women too. You know, we have women from VCs that do due diligence at VC funds. You know, we have a, a whole gamut of different levels of experience and types of women on these in this group. So it's it's really a mix, but we are trying to create a mixture of like actually being able to invest a fair amount of money in these in these startups and trying to grow our membership and grow the pool of money that we have while diversifying to just kind of spread out our risk and also creating this path for people that are less experienced in the whole process. Yeah. So that's a big part of what I'm what I'm working on right now in addition to shifting within my consulting business doing a lot more actual coaching. So I feel like for a long time uh, you know women focused initiatives have been a part of what I've done in like starting nonprofit boards for for nonprofits, you know, for women starting women's initiatives, doing all these different kinds of things for women in leadership. And it's just coming more to fruition now as as a bigger part of my calling and just things that I've experienced as a woman and wanting to share that. You know, it's part of why I do the coaching I'm doing because I started to dive into, you know, in all my personal learnings, like in relationships I've had and in things I've run into in the business world, kind of like indirect or direct sexism and ageism, you know, and like, you look like a young woman. What can you know? <laughs> like, well, I'm not that young, but everybody thinks I'm like a 20 year old when I walk in, like a 20 year old that doesn't know anything woman. And so just like constantly kind of dealing with that stuff and, and needing to overcome it and realizing I'm not going to do what I used to do, which was sort of hide my, my sensuality and hide my femininity and hide my like feminine power. I'm much more about using using that and like just being that. And this is who I am. And I'm a very yes, I, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a bit of a what do you call those tomboy. I'm, I'm a tomboy. I was an athlete, but I'm also like very feminine. And I have this. I want to tap into those the strengths of having that feminine energy and like feminine essence, which is like intuition and wisdom and things. Many things that I don't think men can as easily tap into. And sort of just embracing that and trying to help other women to embrace that too and fight against this whole thing where it's like, I used to just wear suits all the time and stay hidden and not want to be too attractive and, you know, hide myself. And I'm like, you know what? I am who I am and I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to be 
you know, the most authentic version of myself. And this is what it is. Yeah. And I want awesome. others to do that. Awesome. And I also love that you described how your coaching is designed to help people find their own answers, mm-hmm. but it's a lot less of an advising as it is asking the right questions and helping people discover their path and discover themselves more so they can be more of themselves in what they do as well. Like, I, I just think that's a great focus on how you run your coaching. And you've also described that there's a sort of a spirituality element as well that you're trying to share, right? Yeah. And, you know, it, it depends on the person. So it doesn't always have to include that, but it, it's part of my own journey in spirituality growing up without really having much of that. You know, I grew up just sort of without any religion, not much spirituality. And over the last five to seven years, it's just become a lot more important for me. And when I say spirituality, I, I don't really mean religion. I mean, just being more in tune to how everything's connected, you know, how we're all connected and we're connected by energy. And I'm connected to the plants over here and the animals and and just being more in tune to all of that and to like synchronicities that occur and kind of being open to and receiving what I consider to be sort of like little messages along the way, you know, and following that, that intuition and being able to find the difference between intuition and fear running you. And, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole kind of science mixed with interesting exploration, but going through all of that myself was part of why I wanted to really focus on, on coaching. Cause I've noticed the people who are, who tend to be, tend to gravitate towards me for coaching. They're interested in succeeding in this business or starting this business or, or finding out why, why are they having blockages around charging the right money for their services? Why do they, and we uncover like they have all kinds of deep things going on that are keeping them from believing they deserve to earn money. But there's all kinds of interesting things that come up, but mm. usually the people who come to me are coming to me because there's a bit of that kind of greater purpose and intuition and spirituality, you know, point that that we come to. And that's their interest in in working with me in addition to reaching sort of like business success. And so yeah. it's sort of like the usually it's the marrying of those two. And how do you balance those two to be in harmony? Yeah, excellent. Excellent. I think, Jackie, there are going to be a segment of listeners to this who are a little bit like your sister, who kind of feel like they've got their path figured out. They know what they want to do down the road, and they're sort of running in that direction. But I'll tell you what, I think there's going to be a lot more of our listeners who are unsure exactly what the future is going to hold for them. And maybe they feel like there's anxiety about that, even though there probably doesn't have to be. What would be the advice you would give to this vast majority, as I say, of the people who I think are listening, who aren't exactly sure what's going to happen for them after college or down the road and where they want to go in life? What would be the advice or encouragement that you would give to these people? It's a big question, Dan. That's a big one. Well, from my own experience, I didn't know exactly where I'd end up, but I'd always, I always knew that I would be successful, mm-hmm. whatever that was, you know, that I would find success. And so I think just, just having that faith, building your own internal strength and building your own mental fortitude and your own like spirituality, whatever that is for you, working on constantly, you know, determining what, what is your intuition so that you can follow that intuition and know where's the right path for you would be probably the best advice I can give because that can help you to get through anything, you know, and 
And for me, I have so many different interests. I could be doing something totally different, but related in two years. But that's just about, you know, evolution, right? And learning. So I think that's okay. I don't think you have to follow a certain career path, especially these days. You know, things are changing very rapidly with technology and entrepreneurship and working from home and everything else. The whole the whole culture and society is changing. So I think it's just hone in on the on really strengthening yourself internally. And that will get you where you need to go and being able to guide yourself and, you know, get the guidance you need from others. Great advice. The whole idea of strengthening yourself internally. I believe that somebody who has the right internal strength, has the right mindset, has the right level of confidence, belief, faith, as one of the words you used, has all of these things. These kinds of people are the kinds of people who succeed at everything that they do, just about everything they do, I would say. And that's why I think at Cutco Vector, we try to provide that element to all of our training and development programs so that it's learning so much more than just selling, but it's learning all of these internal qualities that will help people succeed. And if you're a Cutco rep listening who has succeeded selling Cutco, there are a lot of reasons why you succeeded here that will be the same reasons why you'll succeed in the next thing and the thing after that and the thing after that. And you don't have to feel like life has to be one path. I think that your story is an awesome story. Jackie, and I'm really grateful to have heard all of these ideas and lessons today. How can people connect with you if they want to follow you or work with you down the road? For coaching, I have an Instagram page I just recently started, which is Kiku, K-I-K-U underscore coaching on Instagram. You can also reach me by email to my, it's my consulting and coaching site, which is Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E at Kiku. K-I-K-U, solutions, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S with the S at the end.com. And yeah, I'm happy to have conversations with anyone. I for for coaching, I do free discovery sessions, you know, make sure that it seems like it might be a fit and then do free discovery sessions. If you're interested in learning more about She's Independent, you can also reach me at those same places. But happy to have any conversations with anyone that I might be able to help, especially if they're in Cutco or Cutco alum and and looking at what they want to do next, or if you think I can help you in some way. Amazing. And Vector has a women's leadership network, Jackie, that we will put you in touch with. We'll promote this into that network and put you in touch with them to potentially speak on one of their calls as well. So we'll do that. Yep. I know that you were talking to Kristen Sunday recently and the the question came up of, uh, what if you never sold Cutco? What came out of that? Yeah, I think we were having a conversation about sort of like growth and coaching and therapy and all of our our changing and working on ourselves over the years. And we're like, you know, I don't know if I didn't start at Cutco when I was so young, I don't know if I would have placed such importance on this growth, on this like working on myself and getting through these issues. And really, I don't know if I hadn't been around that at such, such a young age, I don't know where I would have ended up or I probably would have just been a completely different person if I didn't do Cutco, honestly. So. I'm thankful for that, but who knows what would have happened, right? I just know that it instilled at a very young age the importance of earning money, having freedom, investing that money. I started investing money when I was like 19 or 20, you know, because I made enough in the summers to invest and continual growth and just like looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I can grow in this area, I can be better, but also not being a perfectionist about it and having grace with yourself and forgiveness for things. 
And I yeah. think Cutco provides that kind of a atmosphere as well. For sure. The great Jim Rohn used to always say that so many people in life wish that things were easier, but the real answer is not that. The real answer is for us to be better, for us to learn to rise up to meet all the challenges. And this this focus on growth, this focus on learning, this focus on exploration, on gaining more experiences, on widening your skills, all these things you've done have enabled you to be the kind of person who could rise up to any challenge that came your way. And that's what has helped you succeed at such a high level and all the things you've done. And I'm sure, Jackie, that is exactly what's going to help you succeed tremendously as a coach and in building your investment partnerships and in all the other things that you do down the road. So it's been great uh, reconnecting with you here today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dan. I appreciate it. It's great to talk to you. Excellent. Jackie Snyder, everybody. I hope you enjoyed getting to know her today. What an amazing leader she is. Starting with this concept of your personal background and how it impacts the things we want in our lives nowadays, the things we don't want in our lives nowadays. A great idea for some introspection is to think about how your personal background is serving you today and how perhaps there may be ways that it's not serving you, that it's hindering you. Examine that and think about that. I think that's a just a, a great thing to consider. Uh, love, of course, that Jackie had some great experiences building relationships with other entrepreneurial spirits in her Cutco days, gaining leadership opportunities, helping run the office as an assistant manager over a couple of the summers that she was with us, and learning, of course, about the power of the mind and the role that plays in our success. Throughout the initial years of her career, she had an opportunity to learn about some of her guiding values. I think that's a cool thing to think about as well. What are some of yours? And this helped her to identify that her calling was largely in coaching, focused on women, focused on women entrepreneurs or women salespeople, and also in helping women gain a step up, creating a path into ownership into leadership positions and influence in the corporate world and the things she's doing through She's Independent as well. The whole idea that freedom and exploration is greater than a specific destination was something that really resonated to me. Looking for the synchronicity that occurs in life and those little messages that come our way being aware of those things and trusting in our intuition when those things come our way, having faith that we'll be successful, even if we don't always know how, because we have other things in the past, and focusing on learning and strengthening ourselves internally as the way to get there. So many great lessons. I really enjoyed reconnecting with Jackie here today, and I trust that you got some great value out of this conversation. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. 
You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.